That being said, I think there's some fucking FBI agent or like <laughs> something somewhere just like isolating the clip of of Mitch saying, "You hate America? Join ISIS K. Strap bombs to your chest." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, a ringing endorsement from the art and war podcast of isis k you're listening to the art and war podcast with your hosts mitch and nathan mitch is a former airborne infantry squad leader who now spends most of his time coaching soccer nathan is a professional illustrator and an avid shooter with a couple of years of canadian military experience together they run the seaburn art page enjoy the show well, we, we don't have... really have an intro. Oh my god! If you guys say that one more fucking time, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we get it. We're like almost. What, what are we? Almost sixty episodes deep. Yeah, <laughs> basically, we don't really have much of an intro. But I guess this is the intro now. Every fucking time, I'm, I'm, I'm like, guys, just like the the laziest cold open. Well, uh, we're we're not professional pod. I guess technically we are professional podcasters. Yes, you, I, yes, you I are. Think that's that's <laughs> retarded and that's, lame. I, I don't. <laughs> Ugh. As professional as as podcasting gets, we are technically professional podcasters. What, what's the average number of episodes it's meant to last until? Like, the average number of episodes is something like seven episodes, and then it goes kaput. So, congratulations, boys! You are now professional podcasters. Yeah, and every other podcast sucks, to be honest. True facts, except for ours. Squarespace is popular as a web builder. The capacity to build just websites does they, not they, provide... They, they don't pay us. They don't pay us. <laughs> they don't pay us. Yet. Yet. Fuck yeah, Squarespace. Not, if they pay <laughs> Joe Rogan, they can pay us soon. <laughs> we're, we're working on it. We do have our, uh, I forgot to tell you, um, uh, yeah? BR, we have... Uh, I told Nathan, we do have our own rep at Patreon now, who... Wait, ir- really? Yeah, who ironically um, is a host for a really big podcast and he also works for patreon it's kind of yeah. funny nathan listens to wait 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 what? last podcast on the left yeah wait yeah. so so what does that mean a rep so i've been chatting I, with him i and... don't know sorry go ahead do we have handlers now not really i was i was chatting <laughs> with them and it's kind of just like uh they're like hey you want to be an ambassador for patreon and i'm like what is that <laughs> wrong people to that? ask motherfucker like, what does that really entail <laughs> Um, and there's not really, I mean, there's some incentives, I guess, but, um, yeah, we, we just had a very brief chat and now I'm just waiting for him to respond, but yeah, no, it was weird. I just got an email and it's like, Hey, it's this guy. And then I was like, that name sounds familiar. And I went and I looked and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's the guy from the last podcast on the left. Weird. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I have no idea why the fuck they want anything to do with us. Uh, I I do appreciate the people on Patreon because it's literally how I'm able to find the time to draw or do anything. So, <laughs> or pay for editing. <laughs> yes, or pay for editing. Or the, 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 they're the reason this exists, which is nice. Yeah. There we so go. We got, we got the Patreon yeah. ad out of the way in the yeah. first Patreon. two Join the Patreon. Yeah, and also go. rate the podcast five stars on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps us out a lot. There yes. you go. That's it. that's Thank the episode, guys. There we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, for for some reason we're doing a morning show. This is like the earliest fucking podcast I've ever recorded. Yeah. No. Same. <laughs> I think uh, we, Mitch, you and I have recorded once early, and I hated that too. Yeah. Fucker. Yeah. I, I feel like that like eight or nine a.m. one time. Hmm. Oh, I I guess it's not as early for you guys because I I'm out on West Coast time. Yeah, you're you're. 
Yeah. I, I'm just like a slob and I, I go to bed at like <laughs> 4 or 5 a.m. and I wake up around <laughs> like 10, 11 um, a lot of days because I, I work for myself doing graphic design for people who are like usually three or four time zones behind me. So my yeah. workday starts, yeah, kind of three or four hours behind everyone else's for that reason. God, I, I feel like we need to be doing like traffic reports and like, hey, here's the news and here's some easy listening. Here it is one, <laughs> one week later. Here it is. Well, the problem is, is we were trying to do the right thing and create a backlog again. Because at one point, <laughs> how how far back were we? We were like five at least, or six. Like five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were doing episodes. well, and then you left, you piece of shit. Yeah, well, I, you left I, to be with your family. Who cares about family? Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you have an obligation to us. This is family. This, this is, is family. never <laughs> turn your back on family. <laughs> well, and then we were supposed to build that backlog this week, and everybody we were recording with either audio issues or computer issues. Yeah, so now this is kind of like an impromptu. Like, hey, I'm about to start traveling tomorrow for like yeah. a week and a half, and I won't be able to record. I'm sad about uh, True Exodus. Is uh, he, he was fun? I, I really like Barrett. Yeah, we'll, we'll reschedule. Him. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's he, he says, uh, yeah, we'll we'll reschedule. But guys, did you see that video of the uh, <laughs> the robot dog with the AK strapped to it? <sighs> Didn't we? We t- we've done this. One of the last. No, we have. Was... We fucking no, have it. I watched that no, video like no, no, two no, days no. ago. Not not this video in particular, but this conversation. Like last time I was on, we were like. I, I let us down this rabbit hole of the robots are coming. <laughs> I just, I distinctly remember this. Well, now they're really coming because they're they have fucking AKs strapped to them. It's, this, it's this inevitable. Is, yeah, it, it's fucking inevitable. And no robot dogs. I think that that video of the robot dog with the gun strapped to it it makes me want to kick every Boston Dynamics dog I see to death. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Those things are creepy as fuck. And... Don't let them reproduce. Dude, it's gonna. Like, this is this is where we went last time, which is why I'm trying to stop myself from like echoing it. But it's uh, it's a hundred percent having like Reaper drones walking down the street. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, and and they're in like they're walking down the street with megaphones in them, like yelling lockdown <laughs> orders in China and shit. Uh, it's awful. It's uh, n- now they're weaponized, and I'm sure you know someone's strapped a fucking Ruger 10-22 to one at some point. But it's just very weird to see like actual testing of it in a military environment well was it i i think popular front shared the video as well and usually they're pretty good about you know where the original video comes from with that kind of thing and they said it was a private individual so i'm wondering if it's like a private individual testing it for like you know yeah. dod stuff or if it's just someone like i want to put an ak on this thing i mean yeah. i'm willing to bet the dod already has stuff oh yeah yeah in, i mean um, yeah so it didn't look like the Boston Dynamics dog. It looked like something else. Like it was the, very similar. The, the, there was like a copycat of the Boston Dynamics dog at one of the shot shows recently with like a big marksman rifle mounted on it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, that was weird. Even yeah. years ago, I think like 2016, 2017, my unit was tasked with like testing this one robot that would like carry all of our shit. Oh, oh yeah, the, the, the future future weapons uh future soldier program stuff, right? Yeah, so like it would um I don't know if that was a program we were a part of. I wasn't in the loop of that. It was just like here's this robot that <laughs> um can carry X amount of weight. It's very silent and it can go through anything. Um so here you guys Falls down go. a mountain. 
that let you know how it works. And like, you could load that thing up with an entire platoon's worth of rucks and equipment, but you weren't allowed to ride it. <laughs> what? So like, yeah, what's it, the fucking point? And, um, <laughs> it was really, really quiet. Um, I don't remember how it would charge and it would carry all of your shit. So the idea was like, make, the infantrymen lighter while still having them with their equipment and not compromising their position and then it could also double as like um like a casavac like a litter thing um if oh so you can write it, can write it. Yeah, yeah you just like me i'm like oh so we can put people on it but <laughs> only in these situations so what you're saying is i can't get on top of all my rucks and like ride it if i need a break or anything um <laughs> did you know how, pretty well do you know how much weight you could carry like max out at I don't remember. I wasn't the operator. So you had to go to training to be the operator for it. And it was like a remote. So you would carry like your rifle, but you put all your shit on there. And then this one guy would like remote control, like walk behind it type deal. Um, And he knew all the specs. I didn't know all the specs, but it was, it was pretty impressive. It could go through sand, water. um, It could get. Did it have legs or wheels? Uh, Tracks. Okay. Yeah. Because I've definitely seen them, like, with the, the legs, too. Just a little robotic mule. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah, the legs one. I've seen, like, the, the legs one looked like a giant version of the Boston Dynamics dog. Yeah, yeah. God, what a fucking weird time. Like, in, in 20 years, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, we've, we've got the mule with us. <laughs> it's just, like, part of, part of what you... Do you think... Well, did they phase them out, or did they? was it, like, a failure? Like, what was the deal? Because they clearly still uh, put money into it. I looked it up, and the first headline... Uh, defense post, U.S. Army's robotic mule unmanned vehicle could become armed. Senior Army official <laughs> well, of reveals. Course. Oh, yep. Yeah, so... Well, they already have 3D printers in that the DoD uses for, like, metal. Um, yeah, and like laser log- sintering. That are really, really quick. And the logic behind it is instead of, you know, a soldier having to transport a fuck ton of equipment, like, into an area you can just transport this 3d printer print everything that you need like on <laughs> it's supposed to be really quick and then get rid of that and like you have all your equipment and then you can you know just use it for that operation then dip swerve and curve out of there or something but um i don't know how advanced that is or if that's currently in use or just in testing but that is something that um i read about and that they were even like talking about kind of the future um, when it comes to like warfare and the military. Yeah. I know they started putting them on ships here because uh, at least they're, they're talking about it and they have them for, because I, I know a couple Navy guys who actually work with 3d printers and they have them on base. I don't know if they have them on ship yet to print replacement parts and like rapidly prototype things that they need. Super hmm. cool. Yeah. I don't know. I'm retired. I mean, like, I don't give a shit. Cool. In, in <laughs> whatever the fuck in theory, doing, I, I don't really care for the military having cool shit i want the cool shit the only thing that pisses me off still is that they still owe me money for traveling and like oh dude still yeah now that i'm not in like they just blow me off yeah (laughs) i i can't go all the way back to fort carson because i'm not driving fucking 30 hours just to go into the finance office or the gypso and be like hey you guys owe me money for moving like i did all these costs Here's the receipts. Here's all the paperwork. Where the fuck is my money? Because they don't give a shit. Like, I give them a call and I'm like, hey, filled out all that paperwork. What's the word? Like, when am I going to get my final payment? And they're like, mm, 
paperwork's filled out incorrectly. And I'm like, what's filled out incorrectly? <laughs> and then they're like, check your email. I check my email and all it says for corrections, it just says no. It doesn't say null and void. It just says no. And I'm like, what's <laughs> no? What do I need to fix? Um, so that's the only thing. I that really is so fucking annoying. You're going to have to light yourself on fire outside the finance office. <laughs> <laughs> give me my money ah! no <laughs> but yeah, well, that's, that's the extent of my carings at the moment well on the topic of you being retired and stuff we wanted to kind of get into a, a few things that you you could maybe talk about in a little bit more light now that you're free of uh uncle sam's foot <laughs> yeah let's have fun you you shared a few illuminating stories on your time yes. in, but um, there were a few that you didn't want to share until until you'd gone out, right? Yeah, I mean, well, there's just some things that you don't want to talk about while you're in because then it's like it's not only unprofessional and get you in trouble, like not violating any like security things. Just in general, you can't really shit talk the military and talk about the bad things while you're in because that's like a no-no yeah yeah so we're we're going to talk about the time you you shot bin laden um yeah we're going to make up all these stories about things <laughs> <I didn't do. laughs> well i mean where where to begin like is there anything that stands out to you as kind of like that that would be particularly eye-opening for someone who's not in that's like yeah. holy shit this can happen in you know the most professional military in the world because we, we get a lot of questions still like, hey, should I join the military? And of all of those questions, whenever you you or I respond with fuck no, people <laughs> always ask and we, we get follow ups and, you know, yeah, yeah. try and reply to all of them. But it's it's difficult. Um, well, yes, please share your illuminating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say there was a time in my deployment where somebody accidentally authorized a 500 pound bomb. Uh, being dropped um i i i'm not gonna well i will it's (laughs) cringy i wasn't there but other people in my platoon were their story you know um and i'll tell you how we were on our way home and we were separated um like half of us went one place half of us went the other and then we didn't see each other until like we were all um, meeting up and leaving so and you guys dropped a bomb? I did. A no. My 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 side and my group did not. But we all get on the bus for the first time and see each other. And the first thing, um, some of the soldiers there were like, "Kaz, Kaz, Kaz, ask." Uh, I'm not going to say his name, um, but he was one of the most retarded NCOs that I ever came across in the military. They're like, "Ask blank blank blank." about the time where he accidentally authorized an airstrike and has more like confirmed kills than like any of us now come on. Oh my God. And I'm like, we're 90% women and children. And I was like, what the fuck? And this dude who was retarded was like, he talked like he was, he was from the South. He was like, always shut the fuck up about that. And I'm like, no, no, no. Now you have to fucking tell me what happened. So, you know, bear in mind, I wasn't there. Secondhand information. Apparently what happened, we were all attached to different ODA teams. And apparently they were doing one of the larger operations in Afghanistan. And they were with, you know, their ODA guys. And this guy was um, in charge of the radio rotation throughout the night. And it was, you know, it was sometime in the middle of the night. 
and one of his privates is like, Hey, um, you know, I, I don't remember their call sign. It may have been like Warhammer. Um, Warhammer is one of the planes that was kind of providing, you know, security and, and whatnot. And they're like, Hey, um, Warhammer needs author authorization for, you know, a, a, a bomb drop or a, a whatever they call whatever the fuck they called it. And this guy was like, Oh, okay. Well, instead of waking up the person that can authorize it, I'm going to talk to him, the retarded NCO. And I guess the retarded NCO gets on the mic. He's like, Hey, this is so-and-so what's up. He's like, Hey, I need authorization to do this. And he was like, Oh yeah, sure. Go for it. I guess. <laughs> oh my God. Instead of waking up the ODA commander who is the one that's authorized to do it or the, um, uh, was it the JTAC, the air force guy that's attached, that's authorized to talk with the planes. So for whatever reason, I, I don't know if th- that's all they need, like a verbal from somebody on the radio to authorize something. Like, I don't know the procedure for that, but for whatever reason, the, the plane dropped the bomb and it was, it was on target. It did what it was supposed to do. And it, I don't remember how many people it took out, like enemy, whatever, but it was successful. Like it was right. But this E5 who had no, absolutely no business authorizing this thing was casually like, yeah, all right, go ahead. And (laughs) authorized an airstrike of a 500 pound uh, bomb. Holy shit. And it blows my mind. Like even a, even a captain. So the ODA guy is a, a commander and they're, they're the ones that are authorized to do that. It perplexes me looking back at how much death and destruction like we have capable to us and we're all a bunch of fucking retards like (laughs) thinking back on what we were allowed and capable to do i'm like how the fuck does like a 22 year old have the authority to go around and have this type of capabilities like just like at a like words notice we can just be like hey um you know like for example an oda captain let's say he's like 28 years old he has the authorization or 30 or however old, even like a 40 year old or even like a general, let's say you're a general. It blows my mind how a general can casually just be like, yeah, this drone strike, like it's happening. Like, and we're <laughs> going to go blow up this entire fucking building. Like that shit in perspective is fucking wild to me. <laughs> One well, I mean, like, look at the numbers. They kind of reflect that. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's, yeah, careful not to say too much. You might get Daniel shavered. <laughs> it's just the the amount of firepower that we have that we're allowed to use. Like I understand, you know, why these things exist, but I just think like, man, somebody can accidentally authorize an airstrike. You know, like that's something that happened. I wasn't there for it, um, and they talked about it. And maybe it happened differently and may, they were just making fun of this guy. But like just the perspective, because I know like things like that can slip through the cracks all the time, like little shit, like you don't even think about are just dumb with leadership that you're like, how the fuck does this person have this much control and influence over my life? Like they get to decide where I go, when I go there and what I do when I get there. And if I say no, I'm fucked. Like it's just wild to me looking back and thinking about how much power and influence like some random retard can have over your life and other people's lives. Yeah. Seriously. I will reiterate 
ninety percent fatalities on uh, unintended targets. <laughs> oh, yeah, during Obama. Yep. That was Obama. during like a six month span or something, right? Yeah. During oh a six month period, price. like ninety something percent of airstrikes missed and killed. Ninety percent uh, of casualties were uh, oh not intended God. targets, and the the documents heavily implied non combatants. Dude, even like women and children, mostly. Like the amount of we like we, there was a show of force that happened once and then we were watching one of these jets this jet was like uh hey we don't have any munitions but we can do like a show of force like when you guys are entering the village and i'm like oh this is gonna be cool and at the moment it was cool as fuck but i look back on it it was a low flying fucking fighter jet that just dropped flares and it shook the fucking world like holy shit like if, i i know why they it's a show of force if i'm in that fucking village i'm like I'm not doing shit. Even if I hate the, I'm, I am fucking right off. It is, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And I'm glad that I was on the other side, but (laughs) holy fuck. A low flying jet that's purposely like ground shaking and like shooting flares off. Like, oh my God, terrifying. Well, you got to think as well, like um, so many of those guys, have you ever seen you must have seen the videos or maybe even talk to like, you know, people in the villages over there where um, a lot of them, if you showed them a picture of 9-11, they'd be like, oh, was this a, an attack in Kabul? Yeah, you know, they like, have no idea. They have no fucking clue. So, you know, they, they're just out of nowhere. They've got like fighter jets like flying right over their village. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, they, well, some of them are so, like the people over there, I, I really feel bad for them because they were just so... Like they're they still live in caves, some of them. Like some of them still live in caves in the mountains. And we were talking with some of them. We had a translator over there, and it was dark out. It was a full moon, full moon, and there's very little light pollution over in Afghanistan. So like the night skies are usually beautiful. And uh, you know, I was just trying to make small talk. Uh, I think it was like an I don't know, it might have been like an A and A guy, and we had a translator. I was trying to explain like, man, like the moon is beautiful. It's crazy that like we put somebody on there. And the translator told mm-hmm. the ANA guy. And the ANA guy like scoffed and laughed and said something. <laughs> and the translator just like shakes his head and looks at me. I'm like, what did he say? And he's like, it's pretty stupid. And I'm like, I'm like, what did he say? He's like, he he thought that I was making a joke about putting men on the moon because then he like held up his fingers like, Moon's this big. <laughs> I'm like the education system, like public education out there awful yeah damn i i I give uh i give europe and america some shit but uh yeah (laughs) god damn oh (laughs) yeah no it's not great i I did a term paper on uh on the education system in rural northern india once and it's just so so fucked and i imagine afghanistan's a lot worse this is an add hole i'm not going to go down but (laughs) basically yes it, it does end up leading people to that basically uh and obviously like the infrastructure is totally different in india compared to you know afghanistan and you know america and most of the world it's its own thing but there's a very large problem there with rural india the you know federal government and everything will pay teachers to go out to rural villages and they'll drive out there and you know they'll have an ipad or whatever and they will teach kids 
um, and kind of try and bring everyone up to a, a modern standard. And the teachers will drive out there and then just fuck around the, for the entire shift. And the, like, the entire classroom will just sit around doing nothing. So they, just, like, just like public education. Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> so it may be a little better for the, but like, it's such an epidemic that they, they're bringing in foreign consults to uh, try and teach or revamp their education system. It's just not working. Like, it's to the point where where teachers are having to stream uh, all of their teaching, and that's that's not working. The compliance rate is super low, um, but it makes sense. Uh, rural place, like it, it's trying to apply city logic to to rural living especially like mud huts in the middle of nowhere it just doesn't work well and that's kind of the point why i brought up like both of those stories because you think of if you grew up thinking that the moon was like actual size in the sky like that's how big the moon actually was and then you (laughs) see like a u.s fighter jet do a show of force over your village like holy shit like you think the wrath of fucking god is coming down on you and they used to call we had a we had a minigun. They would literally call it the breath of Allah because like they have just never seen technology that can do that much fucking destruction. And it's I, I think back to my time and in the moment I'm like, yeah, this is fucking cool and badass. And like I guess some of the technology really is, but it's also fucking terrifying. Because on the other end of that of that minigun is some nineteen year old <laughs> fucking pissed off. Like <laughs> Fuck your house, fuck your cows, fuck your family. There's a guy with a gun in there. Yeah, these people hate us. Yeah, (laughs) and, you know, it's just... Like, I I know we're supposed to be professional, but I can only imagine the war crimes that aren't talked about that happened in the entire war. Just seeing the amount of fuck you that people carry on deployments and, like, how little like accountability there is like it's it's bad and fucking terrifying looking back on yeah no it it fucking absolutely sounds like it i think like years from now i mean already we're we're starting to but years from now you know how like the war crimes and burning of villages and the rampant drug use and all of that in vietnam is just so well known and accepted it's going to be like that about iraq and afghanistan like (sighs) I mean, just uh, just if you just watch like the Combat Obscura trailer, you're like, holy fuck! Yeah. <laughs> Yet alone, like once you start deep diving that, and you're like, we did what? Yeah. Like- yeah. There, there's this like awful thing we have in the West where everyone needs to look at you know world events and everything through like a good versus evil binary, mm. and it's really not the case, especially with you know this dude it's just Um, chaos (laughs) yeah no it's just it's just fucked up everything's fucked up (laughs) one there's like what was the fuck there's weird accountability for things and then there's like weird like no accountability for things like look at the withdrawal of afghanistan Mm. oh yeah dude the drone strike on the suicide bomber that ended up just killing like a foreign aid worker and his entire family yeah but at first it's like we got them we killed the people that killed those marines and attacked them and then like a week later it's like actually (laughs) it killed a bunch of women children and like a worker 
Yeah, um, it's just like a, an aid worker like getting bottles of water out of his trunk or something. But um, nothing happened. Now, no, nothing happened. And I, I remember there was like a quiet statement about it. It's like, we have investigated ourselves and we have found ourselves to, to be not at fault. It's like, yeah. how? An entire yeah. family died. If I, if I like roll off the freeway and I kill an entire family, there's going to be consequences. Yeah. Like, but, but now like... Like I was saying, I'm sure there's a ton of war crimes that were like unaccounted for that happened. But on the same hand, if it was like a national thing where like a soldier took like, I don't know, um, I can't even remember what the fuck, a Mark 18, Mark 18, Mark 19. I don't remember the. See, Mark, Mark 18 is the really short little. Uh, the little, grenade launcher, right? The one that. No, the, 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 the Mark 18 is like a Daniel defense rifle. 10. No, there's zero. a. See, this shows how much I fucking give a shit anymore. I don't even remember shit that I was just like touching like five months ago. There's yeah, this Mark 19 is a grenade launcher. The belt okay, head. yeah, the Mark 19. Yeah. So it's a fully automatic grenade launcher. If it was like a national news thing where it's like, hey, these terrorists did this thing and some 19-year-old blew up this car that was full of terrorists <laughs> with a Mark 19. And then a week later, it was like, actually, that 19-year-old killed an entire family that like didn't have anything at all. That 19-year-old would be in fucking prison. Yeah. But some, I don't know, whoever the fuck authorized that strike. And then it comes out and it's like, eh, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, our bad. Well, it, it's because it was like, it was a big gesture almost. It's like, hey, they did something awful to us. We're going to fuck them up. That's the American way. And they were like, yeah, we got them, guys. Mission accomplished. And they like, there was kind of a big hurrah about like, yeah, we, we returned fire. Got them. And it was like, actually, we... uh might have killed some kids it's just so sad. <laughs> and then we wonder why they fucking hate us yeah we wonder why we yeah, that's the, the big thing that gets me as as like a kid and teenager and all that it's like i don't understand i don't understand these people why do they hate us so much why do they hate our freedoms and now it's like <laughs> oh oh i get it dude uh. you look at the whole war and like if you would have asked me four years ago hey like why aren't we winning the war I don't I don't know if I would have like a good answer for you. It would have been like, uh, you know, I would have I would have blamed like fucking some some president and been like, hey, like it's because we haven't had like a presence of 100,000 in this country like we should have. But now, like you ask me and I'm like, it's because we just went there and killed so many like innocent people that like there's no way they're ever going to not fight us because we're breeding (laughs) the people that fucking hate us. And we're breeding, and and then they have an easy option. Hey, you don't like the Americans? Join the Taliban. Hey, you don't like the Americans? Join ISIS-K. Hey, these Americans missed a drone strike, killed your entire fucking family, left you partially disabled. Hey, you want to know what you can go do? We can strap bombs to your chest, and you can go get revenge by blowing (laughs) up these Marines. Like, it's so obvious now that we just create like inadvertently or unintentionally like we were just creating our own enemy by just constantly fucking up and we'll never win a war like that you can't win a war like that like you can kill them you can kill more of them than they'll kill of you but you won't win the war because you'll just generate you will you will have to completely destroy an entire civilization in order to win that type of war yeah isn't isn't that a terrifying fucking statement because it's a a horrifying concept because you know that they have attempted it a couple of times now with like vietnam 
and trying to trying to like whatever the fuck the war in Korea was and and now this and it's like yeah. that is the only way to win you have yeah, to it... completely destroy that civilization <laughs> wipe their existence from planet earth because if you don't you're just going to keep bre- even if there's a hundred people left you, they're just going to keep breeding and repopulating this hate and they'll build up and they will keep attacking you in onesies and twosies and you will always be at war with them and it's yeah incredibly sad that we like can't seem to figure that out like hey instead of going to like all oh I, I think they've figured it out i think the people, the people <laughs> who's you know the money men have figured it out that's not why they do it yeah yeah you know, war, that, war is a racket man yeah no it's it's the, the people who who profited off this war really fucking profited off this war. It doesn't matter if they won or lost. It doesn't matter. Like, honestly, like a best case scenario is it drags on for a long time. And then, you know, it stops. And remember we recorded a podcast about, you know, the botched withdrawal in Afghanistan. We're just like, well, where's the military industrial complex going to divert its funds next? And like a month later, Ukraine started spooling up like, it's no coincidence. None of it's a coincidence. Um, oh, fuck no. But that being said, I think there's some fucking FBI agent or like <laughs> something somewhere just like isolating the clip of, of Mitch saying, you hate America? Join ISIS-K. Strap bombs to your chest. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, a ringing endorsement from the Art and War podcast of ISIS-K. <laughs> no, um, I, I've got a white pill. Um, yes. Did you guys see the news about uh, how the U.S. military is like twenty thousand new mem- new recruits under the budgeted goal? I did see that. Alright, <laughs> 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 yeah. people. Yeah. Do you, you have any thoughts on that? Because I I know retention in the military has become increasingly difficult, and for me, like in our or especially in my echo chamber, where you know I talk a lot of anti-war stuff. Like it's easy to be, to be like, yeah, the culture is changing, but I don't know. Like while while you were in and kind of your last you know year or so getting out, and especially being in during the uh, all the COVID stuff and the the forced you know jab and all, all the rest of it, what was the temperature like with people you know re-upping and staying in and and, and like you know young kids coming in? Well, there's just kind of a shitstorm of reasons to not want to be there and to not want to join it's not just any one thing um you know everybody always says like oh you know like the army's gone so downhill since like i first joined and while i certainly like agree every generation like says that to like the new generation i think the last six six years or so has been so much more change it's been like three generations worth of change shoved down like the throats of like six years in the military and you're you're saying since like 2016 yeah that's interesting for because i think it's like for one one thing that might have really ramped it up is kind of the how divisive the 2016 election was because that was the military was talked about a lot like from from what i've kind of gathered it seems like the election was very intrusive in military culture like that election in particular and then everything that came after it seemed to be like like politics before it was like 
this is unprofessional to do in uniform to this is just everything now. And it's like unavoidable in uniform almost. Well, and I, I definitely think that's a huge catalyst for a lot of things that happened because in 2016, I remember watching the election. It was like 2 a.m. We were in Estonia and we had this tiny TV and we all gathered around it because we were like, yeah, Hillary's going to win. But like these debates <laughs> have been infinitely entertaining. So we're like glued in. And I remember watching Donald Trump win. Everybody's like, holy shit, he's going to win. Holy shit, this guy's going to fucking win. And the consequences of that were because you, you have the military and you got to think of who joins the military. Yeah. It's not a welfare lot of, for conservatives. Yeah. And, and I mean, I was, <laughs> I was a conservative when I joined, like you get a lot of people who are, um, you know, uh, what, a, what a typo saying biting the bullet. It's a lot of, it's the military is uh, welfare for conservatives basically. Yeah. And you get a ton of conservatives, not everybody who are now like, Holy shit. Like this, and and the opponent was Hillary Clinton, so everybody already hated Hillary Clinton just for <laughs> Benghazi and and other stuff with like just Trump. being an obnoxious cunt anyway. Yeah, yeah, people in the military, even if it wasn't Donald Trump, Donald Trump amplified it, but it could have been anybody running against Hillary Clinton, and they would have been like, "Fuck Hillary." <laughs> so then Donald Trump runs, who's this "Make America Great Again"? Fuck yeah, military. And like they get all hyped the fuck up and they already are hyped up because Hillary Clinton. And then you look back at like the, the trans uh, gender policy thing in the military. That was big. Um, I don't think people realize how big of a deal that was for people. It was bigger than when troops had to deal with, I say deal with, and they should have dealt with um, anyway. But when, uh, you know, don't ask, don't tell was repealed and it was like oh you can be gay now openly gay and join the military that was a huge step for a lot of people in the military and a lot of them are still really against it but when you added the trans thing to it that was even bigger because of the political climate people were so against it and even during the briefs like the people that had to give the briefs on like identifying transgender soldiers and what the military is going to do for transgender soldiers the people giving it didn't believe in it. And they'd be like, this is fucking bullshit. Like during the brief. Mm. So it only further divided folks on, on cultural issues. And then the military getting involved in politics because they're like, well, you know, I know somebody who had a broken nose and they were denied on a preexisting condition for joining the military. Now you're telling me like we can take somebody who has a preexisting condition of being like transgender and they can come in and be fine. And that, that also, added to the whole catalyst of shit and then jump forward to the fucking year and a half of chaos that ensued because of covid the riots and then the election where outside of the military emotions are heightened but inside the military things were fucking your your daily work life your routine that keeps people going was gone because of covid we're not going to work. We're not doing PT. All that frustration that you have, that job you wanted to do, you're not doing it anyways during normal work hours without COVID. And now you're not doing shit. So mm. there's just a lot of 18, 19 year olds angry who want to go to war, who can't even go into work and like train that one day a week where they actually do train instead of doing like paperwork. So there's all this frustration building up and then they have nothing to do. So then they start going to social media because there's nothing to fucking do. And they start sharing their political opinions. Uh-oh, 19-year-olds are thinking. Yeah. 
which then leads to the election, the riots, and domestic terrorism, which all, <laughs> like I said, it's a fucking shitstorm in the military that, that came from that. Yeah, people, I'm, I'm willing to bet that it still is. Eh, it is, but it died down a little bit. But yeah. what at the peak, it was all these conservatives now on social media who weren't really on social media before, but they have absolutely nothing better to do. So instead of, you know, being that because you're allowed to share political opinions, just not in uniform and not as like an ambassador to the military. Yeah. It turned into, well, I'm seeing people in uniform share ideas for progressive ideas. So fuck them. I'm going to use my uniform to talk about conservatives and Donald Trump and how he's the greatest thing in the world. And then mixed with the riots and, you know, as we said earlier, a lot, a large majority of people in the military are conservative. So they see like BLM and they associate BLM with violence and riots because that's what the media wanted to happen as opposed to, you know, people are just angry um, and rioting and whether that represents a whole movement or not, I don't know. Um, But you add that catalyst to it and then you add Donald Trump, their Lord and Savior at this point. It's an interesting time, too, because everybody only had politics to focus on. They weren't working. They weren't going out. There was no sports entertainment. There was no entertainment in general. It was yeah. A lot of the country too was like, you're off work and you're locked down. You're at home. Yeah. All you have is the news and social media, and all that the news and social media is was COVID. Donald Trump, worst person ever. Donald Trump, fascist. Donald Trump, dictator. Yeah. So you are constantly feeling attacked if you're a conservative, and you either let it build up and then lash out on social media or people in general, or you're just actively fighting against it because you're being called a racist. You're being called a homophobe. And some of the people actually are racist and homophobes, believe it or not in the military, not as much as people would like to believe. And then you have this thing where people are backpedaling and having to defend their beliefs and defend their Lord and savior, Donnie T. And then he (laughs) loses and then he fucking loses. And then there's the insurrection um, or what, whatever. Come on now. Boomers get into the fucking capital. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh my God. So I, I'm going to sidetrack for just a second. Please hold your train <laughs> of thought. But, uh, I had, a someone who I find like who I've known for a decade, very near and dear to me, like someone, someone I, I know very well. She, uh, she knows about the page and she messaged yesterday night saying, Hey, I looked at your political cartoons. Why aren't you making fun of Republicans? It's all Democrats. And I'm like, well, for one thing, the Democrats are in power right now. They control (laughs) all, and we barely do any political cartoons anyway. Like, it's not really our purview. I I don't really like doing them. Um, I've I've talked to you about that. Sometimes something will happen. I'll be like, fuck yeah, let's make fun of this. But like, you, you make fun of the people in power. You don't really make fun of the people who aren't in power. And she's like, well, why aren't you making, why aren't you talking about January the 6th? And like, talk about what? Uh, on the day that it happened, I remember my, my, uh, my, my friend walks in and he asks me and he, he's, you know, hardcore, liberal, all of that. He asks me, hey, like, have, have you seen what's going on in the Capitol? Like, like, it's, it's so worrisome. And I, I look at him and I, like, th- this is barely a paraphrase. I said, well, a group of people I don't like are attacking another group of people I don't like. <laughs> Why do I care? 
<laughs> like, and even like, then, like attack is a strong word. They walked into a building and like they threw some shit at, at cops. Who who cares? Go ahead. By dude, all means. I totally read the room wrong on that one because as it was happening, I was yeah. like, I, I was doing like a, a side gig working at a bar, like doing some DIY stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was playing on the TV. And so I was just posting like on my on my personal story, like, oh, lol, the, the capital's getting overthrown. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Thinking think everyone would be like, oh, cool. I don't give a shit who's doing this. And, um, and then I was like, oh, it's just a bunch of boomers like, having an unguided tour like there's no guns or anything yeah no it's like (laughs) anyone who thought that that was actually a a legitimate threat to to democracy or anything is a fucking retard and like the the whole like canonization of politics and like oh the sacred ground they they violated like fuck you you're an idiot it do you see the video of um, when, you know, old bison horns and a couple of the other rednecks were in the, uh, like, the capital chambers? This capital security guy walks in there and he's like, hey, uh, just so you guys know, this is, like, the most sacredest place. Yeah. And it's like, like dude, it, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a meeting, it's a fancy meeting it's room a meeting for a bunch place of for fucking... money launderers. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> It's, like, an organized criminal's den. Like, it's... Yeah. it's and then a- after all that, she- she's like, oh, well, why don't you talk about this? It's like, I, I don't care. It's the- this whole thing where you have to be for one or the other and you have to, like, take the take sides along, you know, party lines. If you're not a Republican, you're a Democrat. If you're not a Democrat, you're a Republican. If you're a Democrat, you have to think that January the 6th was the worst thing since 9-11. Uh, it- it's fucking tiresome. And yeah, no, sorry, your uh, your comment made me think about that. It was it was just like a very frustrating thing to try and explain. Well, yeah, and you know, to clarify too, like I thought they were fucking stupid. Like when I saw mm. that, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, there's like the plan. Retarded boomers. You guys are just gonna take the capital and then yeah. like actually impose like Donald Trump as like an actual dictator. Like if they're <laughs> yeah. let, like throw out any speculation, like the election wasn't legit or any election is or whatnot. And just, they're like, we're not fascists, but what we're going to do, we're going to go occupy this capital until our guy is back in power. Yeah. Like, well, I, right. I said this on the day of um, like while this was going on. And I think now months later and ability to retrospect i'm going to pat myself on the back and jerk myself (laughs) off a bit (laughs) barely paraphrase quote and i think i may have said this to both of you the only people who really won on january the 6th were like well the primary people who won on january the 6th were the security industrial complex because they were all coming in their pants like anyone who like the fbi it's like oh fuck yeah we're we're going to we're going to (laughs) get a a pay raise we've got fucking work to do like the Democrats are like, fuck yeah, we can milk this for so long. CNN's like, hell yeah, we've got content for the next year. Everyone involved with that shit is was laughing. Like they they won. Well, they, do, do you remember? Do you remember the the instant follow up was like, oh yeah, we're gonna have Capitol Police in other cities now. Like, yeah, whoa, whoa, what what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, immediately it was followed with this like massive expansion of state power. And like, I, hell, I was talking with my dad about it the other day and he's like, five people died. It's like, yeah, uh, one was <laughs> shot by cops. Three were obese boomers that were there to <laughs> protest that had heart attacks. And the other was a cop that had a stroke days later. Like, 
And I, I saw the person like being beaten by the fire extinguishers. Like a guy in riot gear got a fire extinguisher thrown at him and it glanced off, like glanced off of like shields in his helmet. Well, to backtrack before we even get to January 6th and how that affected the military, during the protests, riots, the military began to be on top of already like socially political. They began to actually be called on to deploy to cities. And a lot of people, surprisingly, were like, fuck yeah, we're going to go show these BLM guys, like, what the fuck is up, and you can't do it. And I'm like, dude, they are, they like, you can't do that as a military. Like, once you get involved, the military gets involved in, like, domestic shit, that's when- Yeah, it's real, a really bad, bad fucking- Yeah, that's when real coups happen. Like, yeah. everybody talks about, like, January 6th being a coup. A coup- really fucking happened you look at south america once the military is involved and the military is like political that's when coups really you know come to actually be so you already have now the military or the national guard even if it's like a show of force and they didn't have like any any mags in their weapon and no ammo a lot of people don't know that and they just see soldiers in humvees with riot gear and like mounted machine guns you know and like that itself sends a message that's like hey we don't have any ammo but we're letting you know we have these things like it's a show of force exactly what it was so you have that political tension now being justified because they're like oh we're being deployed against these fucking libtards who are going out and destroying cities every libtard is like this every person that supports blm is just want to go out and destroy america and it's my job foreign and domestic raw and then they go out there feeling justified in their position then fast forward to january 6th they lose now everybody who was like that who supported that who was justified in doing that because they were actively deployed to their own community to defend against the people who they believe just stole an election from their lord and savior now they're domestic terrorists because they lost so now we have that works huh? by the fucking victors yeah yep so now all of those people that were justified in these in these uh you know heightened feelings and heightened political feelings after having not been able to do anything for a year because of covid being locked down seeing the news seeing not being able to work not being able to do pt seeing the news being on social media fighting with the left like in their free time which is all of their time being justified by being deployed to the streets to defend them from these people who they are the country is turning to chaos now they're domestic terrorists now they're extremists because they lost so now you have to get the covid jab and you're a domestic terrorist and an extremist and there's no justification anymore for what you were justified in just a year ago so now there's just distaste there's anger already people are getting fucking frustrated and then people are forgetting that donald trump like endorsed getting the vaccine and yeah that's funny how that works eh? a lot of people who didn't (laughs) want to get the vaccine i asked them i'm like hey like why aren't you getting vaxxed like you're in the military it's mandatory to get vaxxed like i just want to know your reasoning and it wasn't ever anything like oh i don't know what's going in there i don't know what's in there I, i i don't trust it it was always well, fuck, Donald Trump said not to get it, so I'm not going to fucking get it. And I'm like, so he I, would, never... I, would pull, I had this link on YouTube just saved on my phone. I pulled up Donald Trump saying, get the vaccine. 
and endorsing it. And they're like, and then they would go to that argument of like, well, I don't know what's in it. I I have all these preexisting conditions. And I'm like, okay, then just like say the that. logic, like I get if you don't want to get it, but just say you don't want to get it and don't use like some made up excuse to not get it. It's a deferral of responsibility. And like, I, I am not one for like forcing people to do literally anything. Um, and th- this goes across the board and basically every, uh, every state of being, um, but like, be honest with yourself about why don't do it because of your fucking club. Don't do it because <laughs> of the social pressures of a bunch of people who don't know you exist. Who gives a shit? Like make decisions for yourself. Be a fucking man or woman or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> well, let's back be a whatever. Yeah. Outside of the politics and, and social issues that are happening in the military that are causing the shitstorm of low morale and distrust. And now let's throw in just things that would have existed regardless of any political climate. The retention rate was so low and people were already angry at the military because instead of offering incentives for people who wanted to stay in, it was oh, like, yeah, it's still going on. Yeah, it's like, man, you don't get anything. But a new recruit who's just like an 11 Bravo, which is infantry, who has no like airborne, no Ranger, no SF, just a basic foot soldier is getting $60,000 enlistment bonuses for like a three-year contract. And you're sitting there like, that is two years worth of pay for me. I'm, I've been in for like five, six years. I, I'm like an expert in my craft now. I have all these badges. I did all this training for you can I get like any type of incentive for staying in? And they're like, no. So people, <laughs> we already are, have you. people are already upset because of that. And then once you add in all these political tensions and this mass confusion and mass change in, in leadership where it's like, Hey, you're justified in deploying to cities and protecting from the people on the left. Even if, you know, I'm not saying that everybody that was out rioting and destroying the city, that's not the left. I'm not, I'm not calling them the left. I'm saying yeah, but that, that was the narrative. That was the out. narrative. You're going out protecting the country from the left. And then for it to be, hey, all of those feelings that we justified by sending you out to do that make you a domestic terrorist. So now there's anti-extremism briefs. We're even, same thing as a trans thing, the people that are teaching them are like, yeah, this is fucking bullshit. This is stupid. Just yeah, shut I've up seen some of them. They're... Don't be in uniform. Yeah. And they're like telling you all these things not to do. And then I'm going to add a personal experience. Donald Trump decided to come and do a rally like five minutes away from Fort Carson. And I had to drive home that day. And I literally drove through like a fucking riot on both sides. Like it was literally like you couldn't, you couldn't have made it more hysterical. There was the left on the left side of the road and the right on the right (laughs) side of the road. And they're yelling and throwing shit across the road. And it's just the tension was so, so incredibly high. And then the drastic shift from one extreme to the other, and then being, you know, the amount of soldiers that were, reprimanded for posting on social media or or just investigated in general for having certain feelings or maybe not not just voting one way or another but being associated with these people it was just it it created this environment where people didn't trust their leadership they didn't trust the leadership of the country they don't trust the military because they're like hey you guys didn't have our backs after 
you reinforced how we believed and then you just switched and then they see the withdrawal of afghanistan and they're like well fuck i don't want to be in a military that's not going to fucking protect me that's not going to stand up for what we what i believe is right that are going to leave marines to get shot and killed like it's just it was a shit show yeah no that's fuck i i can absolutely see why that goes with something that uh isaac was saying locally uh, because he, he works in kind of like an operations position can see things from the top down that's basically what he's saying like the uh the government has essentially made a an enemy of conservative males and a couple other people i've seen because that's their primary recruiting base as much as they want to change that it's it's um, a it's a weird thing. It's like we kind yeah. of need you to be our guys because if you're not our guys, you're the ones that we're kind of keeping our scope on and and watching. And yeah. there was there was I mean, it's just like matter of historical fact that a lot of um a lot of guys coming back from you know uh the war on terror were immediately on watch list because it's like all right, well let's let's see what's what's happened to them over there. They're pretty dangerous now. Yeah. And uh and now they've kind of done that tenfold. It just like we're talking about with the radicalization thing of of guys over in the Middle East, like you're you're pissing off these guys at home and then being like, okay, well, you're out of the fold now. We don't even want you in the military. We've called you. We, we've like briefed you that and called a lot of your, you know, pretty like only slightly extreme compared to like blue or red button politics that being like, all right, well, you're an extremist now. And also if you don't want to put this in your body, you're out. We don't want you. You're worthless to us. Of course, the guys are going to be a fucking lunatic. Well, and yeah. you add, you just add this distrust that was already in this, not, not necessarily, well, distrust and this feeling of unjustification that has been happening since I would say probably like 2008 with the war in Afghanistan, where people in are like, why are we here? Like, what are we doing? And then, you get slapped with a label of PTSD if you go and like you talk about it because it's very it's easy to do that and you're like well I don't have PTSD I'm just questioning why I went over there and like killed people when I don't feel like that was necessary to like accomplishing what we want to do you know like we had um we had a platoon sergeant who he was in you know he's a platoon sergeant he's been in for years we're rolling into this village on our deployment. He's like, I took this village as a private. And I'm like, like, I can't in the, in the moment I thought it was funny, but I look back and I'm like, imagine how that guy feels like he must feel like everything he did on that deployment was pointless. And to have that feeling of, Hey, I literally committed, like I killed people and felt justified at the time. And now it was all for nothing. Hey, like my friends got blown up and killed and there's no, like the Afghan papers got released and realizing there was no end goal. There was no, what winning looks like. And just being like, what was the point? So you add that already bubbling within like some of the higher ranks to the shitstorm that was COVID pandemic election to now covid vaccine and an upcoming election and people being rooted as uh, labeled as like extremists who you know I, i'm sure there are some actual extremists in the military on both sides i i do not doubt in the slightest that there are 
racists, that there are white supremacists, that there are all of these things in the military. I, I completely recognize that. But they're kind of like PTSD, you know, just having that label thrown on you. That label is being thrown on a lot of people now just for having basic beliefs and questioning like, hey, like if you're an 18, 19 year old kid and you completely believe in the military and what they're doing and then the military, you already have these kind of beliefs growing up and then the military is like, hey, you're justified in these feelings. Go protect your country. And then after justifying it, completely do a 180 and they're like actually you're a domestic terrorist like you're gonna be confused you're gonna be angry you're a kid you don't know better you know you you don't, you're 18 19 year old kids and you're doing exactly what the government tells you to do and then exactly what they told you to do and reinforcing how you believe makes you an extremist and a domestic terrorist now you're you don't know better you're you just like being told what to do and it's easy it's like yeah they they told me what to do they told me when to be there and I already believe in it wholeheartedly. And now because of that, like I'm a domestic terrorist, like it, it has to be so confusing for a lot of young men. Yeah. And I feel so bad because it's like, I can, I can look at myself now and I can be like, Hey, I'm anti-war. I, I, I don't think any violence in 99.9% .9 of circumstances that's ever justified. And people could look at me and be like, you're an extremist. And I'm like, mm. I'm an extremely peaceful person, you know, <laughs> like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. But like a domestic terrorist, because I don't believe in any type of violence. Like, I don't think that we should be going out and murdering people. I don't think like you're justified if you go out and start a war or a revolution or have this perceived idea of what it entails in your head. Like it's very, it's a very confusing time for a lot of people in the military. And I think for our country as a whole, and I think the next election is only going to draw out the worst in us again. Oh, yeah. Well, the pendulum swings a little further. <laughs> this is the most important election yet. Yeah. Oh, God. I saw a super cut of, of just like basically pundits, reporters, and uh, politicians. Every election, they're like, this is the mo this is this is the one, guys. This is the biggest stakes we've ever had. And it, it's every election without fail and like the supercut went back to the 40s every election it's basically the same script word for word this is the most important one but i do think that the just from my observation anyway the political pendulum is swinging further and further and further to the point where i do think we are rapidly approaching a time where just like the politics between the like quote unquote two sides are going to be so fundamentally incompatible that either we're going to have to balkanize or people are going to legitimately be like committing acts of political violence. And well, I don't I don't like that. I like I, I I hate that. Well, let's look at what happened yesterday. Really a really simple thing. They went to vote to codify like same-sex marriage and people which whether you believe in how how it works or not, like I think morally like hey if People want to get like I think that's pretty accepted now. Where it's like, even Republicans, you go ask like some random Republican, "Hey, do you care if like Bill and fucking Phil go like fuck each other in the butt and get married?" Most of them are going to be like, as long as they don't like put it in my face, like I don't care, you know. But you still see it in politics where they're like, "No, nah, we're not going to do that." Like we're voting against that, and it's like that would have been a crazy thing to do 
like in general, whether your base is Republican or Democrat, that would have been a crazy thing to do like six or seven years ago, because that isn't an issue that I think people really care about anymore. I mean, I'm sure some do. And now it's like universally, they're like, nope, we're against that thing now. And it's like, we're going, we're really, really reaching and going back to like things that were already like universally kind of like, yeah, okay. And now we're going back just to prove a fucking point. I feel, I feel like it's just to prove a fucking point. Like, fuck you. We have power. That thing you want, we're not doing it. Like, oh, even 100%. if like, they agree with it. And it's just, it's creating this environment of just entrenching the others even further and further and further in their beliefs. Spiteful yeah. politics. Yeah, it's, it's it, it really is. And it's like, all right, well, is this sustainable? Probably not. <laughs> Was it ever? I mean, they were, they were fucking dueling each other back in the day. So this isn't so surprising. <laughs> it's a really confusing time. And I, and I, I see the recruiting numbers and I think of like when I was an NCO, I think of, I probably romanticized myself in my own head, but I think I did everything in my power within, you know, my entire career, be it a private or an NCO where I'm like, Hey, politics and personal feelings are completely irrelevant in this job. And I feel like there was a lot of leaders who struggled with that during like 2019 to 2021 because of how integrated into the military it became where they're like, Hey, I don't give a fuck about politics. Like we're here to do a job. Don't post that shit on social media and don't do it in uniform. Other than that, have your opinions. But then there's some who are, it's always the loudest minority that creates the most change who are like, Nope, use your fucking uniform, go out, speak your mind speak your truth because right now it's more important than ever to do that and it creates such a divisive culture where i think of when i first enlisted and it was like hey doesn't matter black white republican democrat fucking racist from the south or black liberal from new york like you all fought together you trained together and you all like loved each other it's a very you know maybe i'm romanticizing that a bit too but you know i i think of times where some literal racist from like Alabama called a black guy, the N word and like, like with vigor and they solved it on the spot and it never affected their work. Like it was just very simple. They solved it. It was a disgusting thing to do. He recognized that the other person was like, Hey, that was a fucking wrong thing to do, but let's just move on and move forward. But now I feel like that type of environment doesn't exist like you have people who are like fuck the blacks and then you have the black people not not the black people you have like people maybe on the left who are like fuck the domestic terrorists and they just don't work together when that's what the military was it was very inclusive it was it doesn't matter what the fuck you believe in your beliefs are completely irrelevant and it made an environment where your beliefs now are very relevant yeah like there's always talk like you know my for those that don't know my dad did like a over 20 25 year career in the military and after a certain rank you were like oh it's just politics now which he fucking hated and like it didn't work for him but so many people i feel like way lower in rank now like at a very low junior ncos or whatever you, you want to call them they are now already playing the kind of politics you have to play when you've been in for like you know a, a decade or more just because you have to manage a bunch of like essentially children and and make sure their politics don't fuck you 
fuck them, fuck the military, whatever it might be. It's like, what what a fucking wild environment where, and, and it, obviously it reflects in the, the quality of the fighting force and, and morale and all of that. You see it just everywhere where they're so busy playing politics. The actual, like, you know, machinations of, of being a, a cohesive machine all gunked up with bullshit. Yeah, it's it's no longer hey our only mission is to go out and like train like as an infantryman i'm not going to talk for other mos because they have other real big boy responsibilities as an infantryman as cringy as it might sound the only thing that used to have like relevancy to your job was how you shoot move and communicate everything else like even if it didn't fucking matter like let's say there was paperwork that was like required to be done let's say you completely fucked it up and didn't do it you want to know what your first sergeant would say I don't give a fuck about that shit. Can you shoot, move, and communicate? Cool. I don't give a fuck about that paperwork. So, like, but now it's very, okay, well, we have to focus on making sure that there's training on how to be inclusive. Now we have to focus on these PowerPoint slides on what makes a domestic terrorist. Now we have to focus on social media training. Now we have to focus on retention. Now the the inspector general is coming and inspecting us because somebody maybe made a questionable comment that somebody else overheard and didn't understand context. And now the entire unit's under investigation. And now like <laughs> nobody trusts each other because politics are like it. The whole shoot, move and communicate thing. It's like, it's like fifth priority. And it's a very weird time where if anybody's considering joining, I always ask the same <laughs> question. It's like, do you trust people in power, Republican or Democrat, to make decisions for you and your family and to know what's best for you and your family more than you do? And if it's yes, then join. I'm not saying, you know, my bias is my bias. I'm not going to implement my bias on that. But that is a serious question anybody has to ask themselves before literally signing away their life to somebody else. Do I trust this person to make decisions for me and my family better than I can? And if that answer is yes, when I was 17, the answer was yes. Yes, I do trust these people. And I'm sure that answer might be yes for some 30-year-old too. Like, but that is a serious question you have to ask yourself. And if the answer is no, you probably shouldn't. And I don't, I don't know how anybody in this political climate can say yes, but I'm sure there are people. And I mean, all the power to you if you can. I got, I, mean, I got to get going though. We can finish this up. Um, I'll be back in like an hour and a half. I know Nathan, you have stuff to do. This episode is brought to you by Advanced Warfighter Solutions. They have belts. And other stuff. And <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> Use code Art and War Ten to save yourself ten doll hairs on a AWS SMU war belt. This episode was brought to you by Advanced Warfighting Solutions. Advanced Warfighting Solutions. Would you like to grow your business with Squarespace? I I, I don't have a uh, I don't have a script. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, Why is Robot Dog in our search on Instagram? robot dog in our search oh i was yeah. trying to find that video of the uh the fucking ak dog so i could send it to you oh wait have we been saying advanced warfighter solutions no I, i've been saying advanced war fighting solutions oh. you've been saying advanced warfighter solutions multiple times this episode is brought to you by advanced warfighting solutions advanced warfighting solutions they make high super high grade stuff and belts 
check them out. Dude, I actually like I, I got that onward research recce rig and it, it fucks by the way. Super recommend. What does um, that have to do with our ad read? This isn't an ad not, read for nothing. Well, I'm I'm talking this about this episode it in general, is also brought to you by Onward Research. Onward Research. They don't actually have any professional relationship with us, but we like their gear a lot. And keep adding them in our comments until they give us money to talk about them. Until then, we'll keep talking <laughs> about them. Until, I'm sorry, Charlie. Yep. Until then, we'll keep talking about them anyway, even though they don't give us money to. Yeah, but I got their their chest rig, and I decided to look through AWS because, like, I don't think I've ever actually looked through all of AWS's catalog. They make fucking everything. Like they they have fucking like two point slings, like really really similar to you know all the other two point slings for like Wait, so thirty dollars. Read for on. No, this- for AWS. It's not even an ad read. I'm just talking about it. Well, that's the best type of ad read. Well, it's it's for this episode only, I guess. But no, I, I was just like, they have everything. And I'm not saying this is an ad. They like they they have We're been a support of the page ad. and I, I use so much of their fucking gear. But like I didn't know that they had slings. They have like three day assault packs. They have jumpable like I forgot, they were a DOD contractor, so they they are a DOD contractor, so they make literally fucking everything, and it's dope, and the prices are good. So I'm also going to like order a ton over the next couple of weeks. Most of my gear is AWS at this point, and I love it. I fucking love it. Use code Artenworth ten to save ten dollars off a AWS SMU war belt. Also, check out Onward Solutions, even though they don't sponsor us. It's Onward Research, you fucking retard. <laughs> Check out Onward Research, Grand Thumb Company. Okay, back to the show. Yes. Um, so yeah, I was ranting about why the military has such low retention rates at the moment. It's it's really funny because in in the artist group chat, actually, uh, a couple of the the dudes were military and totally independent of our conversation. They started talking about it, like why retention is so low, and it was the exact same points that we talked about um hold on hold on hold on Yeah, i mean even if you feel a certain way politically um which i don't i i i can't be bothered with politics they really just annoy me and stress me out at this point so i just choose to ignore them but there's so many people in the military now where it's just so polarized and when politics start polarizing and um infecting or not infecting, when politics start infiltrating the military, it really affects the readiness overall of the entire unit. Um, And I really hope that in the future they stop injecting politics into how the military is run and what, what, what they do and how they feel and what they say. I understand the sentiment that like, Hey, white supremacists probably shouldn't be in the military. Like I get that, but yeah, you also shouldn't just blanket label everybody who disagrees with the current administration an extremist, whether it's Donald Trump in office or Joe Biden. You probably shouldn't polarize uh, people based off of their political parties. Yeah, and um, it's it's really kind of funny because it's like 30% of the population is blaming 30% or 40% or whatever the fuck it is. It's just blaming the other half for all the woes of the country. And, you know, all these people are inhuman. All these people are... And I, I see, you know, increase with increasing frequency, like calls to violence against them, like justifications for, you know, beating these people in the street, lining them up against a wall, things like that. And it's fucked. It's yeah, I mean, 
any and all violence in that case, I think, is just immoral and wrong, whether you're left, right, center, or whatever. And I don't think just... all. I, I think that's something that we won't necessarily entirely agree on. Yeah, that's but, okay. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just a burnt-out hippie who yeah, that's okay. likes pacifism. Uh, I have here, um, are you familiar with Flirt Cheap? I've brought him up a couple times. He's a, he's a page I, I really, really like, and I'm just going to unashamedly read from him. Uh, What's his name? Uh, flirt cheap, like flirt is in flirting, and then cheap is in like. Does he sell stuff? No, uh, no. he he just has like really good economic. This tape. episode is brought to you by Flirt Cheap. <laughs> the perception of the U.S. armed forces and its actual combat capability we can present are significantly different. Even ten years ago, I would say that the U.S.'s ability to wage war was fairly degraded below its perception among the average American. You've probably seen charts about how the U.S. armed forces spends more than the next eleven militaries combined. This is true, but the U.S. Navy also spent ten thousand dollars per chair at base last year. The Russians aren't spending ten k a chair. In fact, the Department of Defense's furniture budget for the fiscal year of twenty twenty one was two hundred twenty million dollars. Most of our defense spending does not actually go towards defense. Our armed forces, maybe 15 to 20% actually pull triggers. The rest is administrative bloat, human resources, and bureaucratic wastrels. And it, it gets into like the recruiting needs and everything else, but uh, something I enjoy. I'm sure there's no shortage of desk duty staff in our armed forces. While I'm billi- willing to bet that sailors, airmen, SEALs, and the dudes that were kicking indoors in Kandahar didn't sign up for another tour under Sergeant Blue Hair. Um, well, there's... Speaking of fiscal responsibility in the military, like whenever people say, oh, we need to like be more fiscally responsible in the military and cut down on the budget, people automatically think, oh, you think we shouldn't have a strong military? You think that all of these things just shouldn't exist? How are we going to have all of these things exist if we don't have a trillion dollars worth of a military budget? The amount of waste that goes into um, – just military programs in general. Like one yeah. one good example that I saw was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in the military is a huge thing, as I think it, you know, it should be. There's a huge the chow hall is all filled up. There's tons and tons of food, endless amounts of food, which I think is it's great. It's awesome. Um the problem is the amount of food that just gets thrown out after oh, yeah. Thanksgiving is and just after regular chow hall like regular breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the amount that gets wasted has to be in the millions per year. Yeah. So even if we just had somebody come in and be like, hey, this is how we're going to be more efficient in the kitchen with our food. Yeah. Or even even with the leftovers, donating it somewhere to people that like need it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the logistics behind that if you're able, but the amount of food that gets wasted is yeah. incredible and just the money that goes into that like i can't even imagine yeah no it's fucking insane it's and I, i've kind of deep dived this a little bit because this is true of so many industries especially bureaucratic and i, I always wonder why the fuck don't we donate you know leftover food wasted food why why does it just go into the garbage doesn't even go into the com- why why is why are you know leftover meals not given to soup kitchens or or you know people in need and most of those answers are bureaucratic no one wants to take responsibility for it especially if you know on the off chance that someone gets hurt no one wants the liability um and mostly people don't want to do the work i might be wrong but 
Well, I, I understand the liability thing. I really do. But we have to, at, at, at some point, we have to look at what we're doing and either choose to be more efficient so we're not wasting as much yeah. or be like, hey, this leftover surplus of food that we have, instead of just throwing it out, why don't yeah. we help out the local community? who needs some food. There's homeless people next to like every single military base. Most of them are probably cracked out fucking veterans anyway, who got kicked out after two years or just lost their fucking mind. Yeah. Um, but still like you have a surplus of food. Yeah. Why are we just throwing it? There has to be another solution except for just throwing it out. Yeah. Um, and it's just the, the other thing, speaking of like the homeless vets around, I don't feel pity for veterans that get out and end up homeless, I do feel sad. Um, yeah. The military doesn't necessarily do a jo good job of preparing you to leave, but they do have a lot of resources to prevent you from being homeless. Yeah. And they won't prepare you to go out and have like some big corporate job that's making 60, 70,000 a year. That's not what they're good at. What they're good at is providing you with the bare minimum to go out into the world and not be homeless. The problem is I think a lot of the PTSD or mental issues comes from people questioning, like we were talking about earlier, questioning their justification um, and their reasons for doing the things that they did. And as we discussed earlier as well, the absolute devastation that one platoon carries and can utilize is it's i understand why it's a good thing they need to be lethal but it's not like a normal thing for somebody you know it's not normal to feel like you have to walk around with an entire squad of 249s a weapon squad attachment uh, air support and to have those capabilities and then to question why you use them because there's no justification. And when you look at, you know, the Afghan papers and you see that there was no, what winning looks like. And when you have people who maybe deployed 15 years ago, took a village, lost friends in that same village, and then are redeploying again. And they're going into that same village and they're like, we took this already like we've already been here and done that why are we doing it again it just really defeats people mentally and i think that's why you see such a high higher rate of suicide i'm sure there's other factoring reasons but i think one of them is just like they're questioning their legitimacy they're questioning their actions and they're like i was told to do these things and now they're saying like i'm a domestic terrorist they're saying i'm an extremist or like there was just no point. I lost friends. I lost really close people uh, to me. I was a leader and I lost soldiers because we thought we were doing something impactful and we just weren't. So I think long-term when people get out, these things start to you know hit them and realize them and they, and they have to cope with them because they never address those things in the, in the moment. Hmm. Um, and I think that's why part of the reason, I'm sure there's many other reasons, but I definitely think that is a large contributing factor to the suicide rate in the, in veterans, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. It's 
fuck, dude. The, the things that I hear from, you know, pe- people who are have served are currently in, you know, I, I don't know a single person who's in right now who enjoys it, who who has any faith in the establishment, who really wants to be in the military or thinks that they're doing a good job. Um, like at, at the very best, it's like, a hey, I'm making a paycheck and I'm, you know, X amount of years away from a pension. And that, yeah, that's... It's- it's very strange now because I remember people were joining because it, the reason used to be I joined because I believe in the cause. I'm here to serve my country. And now it's like, fuck, I've been in eight years. Like if I leave now, like I'm potentially risking the financial security of my family. I'm yeah. risking my pension, health care. And it's less I believe in the cause and it's more fuck. I have to be here. I have to do this thing in order to yeah, take Yeah, it just makes you family. resent it even more. Yeah, and it really fosters this environment where you have leaders now who just they don't necessarily want to be there but they have to be and it's a job that required in order for you to be successful in my opinion you have to wholeheartedly believe in what you're doing to be the best that you can be yeah and if you aren't that you should get out of the military yeah but 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 like the military the military is fundamentally bureaucratic and i think the problem with all government positions and government jobs is the only thing that matters is what is on paper. Everything is, you know, perception and the it's perception to the people above you. It's the people perception to the people signing the, the bills and, you know, the checks and everything else. And it's perception to the people, you know, the every man, whatever goes out actual like things like, for example, morale, things that can't really be quantified in on on paper, at least in a way that makes sense to, you know, dollars and cents. They don't care. They, they've never cared. Um, and it's not something that's really going to be addressed, I don't think. Because, One of the uh, most sad things that I saw while I was in, I don't know if you remembered this or saw this. There was a unit that was deploying um, to do training at JRTC. Yeah. And there was a pregnant soldier. I don't remember how far along she was. Yeah. Uh, maybe like four or five months. Um, I apologize if I'm getting that detail incorrect. But yeah. there was this pregnant female soldier who was like, hey, I can't go. Like, I'm, I'm pregnant. Like, uh, it would hurt the baby if I went. Yeah. And the battalion commander was so desperate for numbers because number your the the percentage of your unit going to JRTC matters a lot to how battalion commanders get um get rated and looked at. They're like, why is your unit so injured? Why is only seventy percent of your force like actually deployable type thing? Yeah. Like the the deployable percentage is a big thing for battalion commanders. Yeah. And the battalion commander was like, no, it doesn't matter. You're going anyway. So yeah. she goes. And she's like, I really shouldn't be here. And she ends up having a miscarriage. Holy shit. Like the baby died and they came and they were like, yeah, she was doing strenuous physical activity that resulted in the death of this baby. Like she should not have been there. And things like that, where it's obvious what the answer, what the right answer is, but they don't care. They don't care about the people. They care about the numbers and how they're going to be rated. And it's incentivized. You're incentivized to not care about your people. You're incentivized to care about yourself, how you're rated, how you look. And instead of just taking care of soldiers, that's not the mission anymore. It, and, and they'll say it is. You know, when, when I became an NCO, the whole thing was your mission is now your soldiers. 
And I believe that to my core until the day that I got out of the military. My mission is my soldiers. I do not give a single fuck about anybody who writes my NCR. Don't care. Yeah. Rate me last. Rate me first. I don't care. I'm here for my soldiers. I work for them. If I do good by them, then my career is a success. Yeah. And there are a lot that do that. But then there's a lot who, when they get promoted, they realize in order to progress their career, they have to kiss ass. They have to not care about their soldiers and they just do whatever the fuck they're told. So it just fosters this environment where soldiers don't trust leaders. Leaders don't see their soldiers anymore as people. They see them as a number and as a means of promotion. And it creates this really, really shitty work environment where people aren't being taken care of and people are getting promoted for that. Yeah. Um, and it starts at the top where you see things like a battalion commander, like, no, you're pregnant. You're going to go anyway. And then somebody has a miscarriage. Like clearly that person didn't care about her, her family, the, the, the you know, the baby that she was going to bring into this world. They clearly didn't give a shit. Yeah. So why would the NCOs who work under him give a shit about their soldiers? Hey, battalion commander said, we're doing this. So we're doing what the battalion commander says. You're pregnant. You're going. You're having, you're, you're physically broken, let's say. Your back's fucked up. You're going. You just yeah. had knee surgery and you haven't had time to fully integrate back into the unit and you haven't done a PT test because you've been out for like 10 months. Fuck you. First thing you're doing, a 12-mile ruck march because that's what the whole unit's doing. And that's how people get injured. That's how morale yeah. goes down. When I, soldier... I remember, uh, what was it, Typo or Luke? No, I think it was Luke from uh, Biting the Bullet um, in that that episode that uh all the audio fucked up on he talked about that like he he fucked up his foot badly and you know like it was it was black and like he twisted his ankle to the point where it was black and purple and they made him ruck march anyway and you know pe people within the uh the the squad and this is in training like this is in afghanistan this is in japan they you know low-key and i i may be misremembering took some of his heavier gear and, you know, they, they had pity enough on him to lighten his load during the march because he's a radio guy. He had, you know, 80 to 100 pounds of shit. But, you know, upper leadership, no, he still had to do it. No matter what, he, he couldn't get out of his duties. And that was training, you know. Well, and there's a certain, there's a certain threshold where you have to literally, like, suck it up, stop being a bitch. Yeah. But then there's also things that are, like, legit serious injuries yeah. And like, if you, you know, like I'll use myself for as an example, when I initially got hurt with my back and neck, I'm not blaming the army for this one. This was my own, this was my own fault. Um, they didn't say, Oh, get back out there. There, there was one instance where that happened where I went to physical therapy for the first time, my back and neck felt better. So I went yeah. and the first thing that we were doing after I didn't do anything for about four months, the first thing, it was a 10 mile ruck march for time. And I'm very stubborn with how I perform. I had to do that ruck march. Like, don't get me wrong. Like that was, you know, it was a company ruck march for time. So I was going to do it regardless. And I pushed myself way too hard and I got hurt again. Now, I was an NCO. I had the luxury of being there for a while to where I could have been like, hey, like, I'm not going to do this today. The problem is there's this attitude where it's like, oh, you're fucking hurt. Well, when I was fucking hurt as a private, I had to push through it. Now I have permanent back issues. So guess what? You're going to have permanent back issues too. Let's fucking go, soldier. You don't get to like back down in the, in the battlefield if this happens, which is true. That's a true sentiment. If you are 
in combat and you blow out your back, you need to fucking figure it out. That being said, this is a training environment. Yeah. We should absolutely not knowingly be breaking our own soldiers. When they get back from an injury that was a couple months long and they haven't been doing PT with you, you should not expect them to be able to be at the same level that they were before. That's just illogical. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But what often happens- That's how people get hurt. That's absolutely how people get hurt. But what often happens is, oh, you're back from injury. You're not on profile. Hey, we have a PT test tomorrow. Why the fuck did you fail the PT test? I don't fucking know. Maybe because that soldier wasn't doing PT for the last six months because he was on profile because ligament he, or something. I don't know. Whatever the injury is, you have to, there has to be a better way to go about reintegrating people. And you can't take somebody who hasn't done physical training in months and expect them to be where they were at before. It's just not logical. But that often happens because, like I said, yeah. the environment fostered is I don't give a fuck about the soldier. I give a fuck about the results. Why isn't my soldier – why is only 90% yeah. of your squad taking the PT test and passing? And it's like, fuck. But like as a squad leader, when your platoon sergeant is talking – and maybe your platoon sergeant understands, but your first sergeant doesn't understand. Or maybe your first sergeant understands, but your sergeant major doesn't understand. You have people on all levels breathing down your neck who have no connection to the actual soldier – questioning the leadership and evaluating the leadership like hey 80 percent of your squad passed the pt test you need to fix that meantime what they don't know is maybe you have three guys who like tore an acl and just got back and now you have to go or else your career progression is going to be slowed down and you're going to be looked at as a shit bag because your guys aren't ready and it's your job to have them ready you have to go up to that soldier who's just getting back from a torn acl who might have been a stellar soldier before who was on the right track to recovery and be like hey you got to take a PT test or else my career is fucked or yeah, else I'm going to be evaluated poorly. And as an NCO, I oftentimes got in trouble because I for starters, I'm not going to say this like I'm the righteous guy who always did this for the right reasons all the time. I didn't, I, I, there were times where I would just say no and I didn't give a shit. Like, no, my guys aren't doing that. That's dumb. That's yeah. a waste of fucking time. We're not doing that. And there were times where I was justified in doing that. And there were times where I was probably just being an asshole. There was times where I was probably just unwilling to do something because I was angry at like the, the, the company. And I know that's not the right answer. I know that really isn't the right answer when like you're supposed to help out another squad and you're like, my squad's taken care of. Go the fuck home. I recognize that. But you have to understand if you're an NCO out there or a leader, you have to take care of your soldiers first and you have to be ready to defend them and be like, no, my squad is not ready to do that. My team is not capable of doing that right now. We will have to do proper train up to this leading up to this event that you want to conduct. No, we can't do a 30 mile movement without first testing people on a 12 mile movement and then building up that leg endurance. Cause if you just go right into 30 miles, the argument is, Oh, you're an infantryman. You should always be ready to do that. Sure. That's I, fucking I, dumb. That's how people get hurt. Right. But I can agree. We should be ready to do whatever the mission is. That yeah. being said, you should also give us proper fucking time to get ready for whatever the mission is, because we can only be ready broadly so much. You yeah. can't expect us to be able to ruck 40 miles while also getting proper training on 
shooting, while getting proper training on tactics, while getting proper training on patrol, but it is an unrealistic amount of expectations for you to have on people on top of all the paperwork that you're now requiring to them to do, on top of all the online training you need them to do, on top of all the in-person annual training that you need them to do. It is unrealistic. And when people try to make it realistic, morale goes in the fucking toilet because people are like, I am so burnt out. Physically, I'm burnt out. Mentally, I'm burnt out. I have no time with my family. I have no off time. I get home and I crash and then I wake up at five the next day and I do the same thing. Yeah. And the problem then becomes, I don't care about your life. I don't care about your home life. I care about the numbers and the readiness of the unit. Yeah. And it just really is detrimental. They, they care so much about the numbers that they're hurting the numbers or hurting themselves. Yeah. Well, it's short term as opposed to long term. It's middle management, in, especially in like Pat Watson talks a lot, a lot about this and just, you know, the problems with bureaucracy. And the more, you know, I, I read his stuff and the more I think about it, the more right he is, which he always was. But, you know, it's just very poignant. Yeah, Pat, um, Pat Watson's great. Yeah. Uh, what what the uh, thing that I was thinking of that w- is a perfect example of that was um remember a little while ago all the military meme pages got banned at the same time word on the street was the uh the military was putting pressure on social media like instagram and reddit and whatnot to uh crack down because it was hurting soldiers morale we actually got banned during that wave i didn't know that was because of the military i know like um because it it hit all the military pages at the same time like we were small fry compared to some of the ones that went oh yeah the the meme pages because leadership started getting really poopy because people were getting exposed through the meme pages yeah who were actually trying to make a fucking difference who were like hey this battalion commander has fucked up and people need to know about it because he's physically causing harm to the unit I do remember that. Yeah, and they just nuked basically every mill page or every page that questioned the military basically at all on the same, which first, like it's a really worrisome merger of corporation and government. Like the military should not be able to influence companies like that, especially social, like social media companies, companies that they should have no purview over. But um, yeah, no, that that was fucked up and it, it guaranteed had the opposite result that they wanted to because morale fucking went in the toilet that a lot of people talked about that that was one of the it was like i understand opsec and i understand keeping things in house the problem is when the problems are at a battalion level and the lower enlisted are the ones that are in trouble if they go and talk to somebody they have to talk somebody to somebody in the battalion who's then going to label them as a shitbird and protect the higher leadership because that's what they're incentivized to do so i think when soldiers started reporting things through meme pages meme pages started bringing things to light it started getting out and then news networks started picking shit up they're like battalion commander is you know like the vanessa uh i can't pronounce her last name uh the girl that was in fort hood that disappeared that cid and them they they tried to like cover it up and like yeah fort hood's super fucked yeah and there's just so many examples of poor leadership that is detrimental to people. These aren't just people's, they're not just numbers, they're people. They have lives, they have families. Yeah. I understand the mission comes first. I do. I understand the point of the military. Mission comes first. Numbers are very important. Yeah. But they're not so important to the point that you only care about them and it's detrimental 
to the overall writing. I don't think they understand that. They focus yeah. so much on the numbers. They don't realize that the things that they're doing to get better numbers is hurting them. Yeah. And treating people like that, like it's just not, it's sad. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm no longer a part of it, but at the same time, and I know it's just me romanticizing myself and hyping myself up. The one thing that really bothered me when I was leaving was like, who's going to, who's going to like watch out for my guys? Who's going to say no now? Who's going to like, if something stupid comes down that takes away from their time with their family, that's unnecessary. Who's going to be like, no, go home. We're not doing that. And that's unfair. And I recognize that for myself, that's like unrealistic because I wasn't this like Superman, you know, I wasn't this Superman NCO here, but it was like, oh my God, he's so great. Please save us, send us home. That's not what I think at all. I was probably, you know, a mid NCO at best, but it's just, I cared about my soldiers more than I cared about anything else. And I, I know that the military doesn't care. So I just hope that other NCOs and other soldiers care and take care of each other because unless you have a really good chain of command, your battalion commander honestly doesn't give a single fuck about you. No, he really doesn't. And it's not his job to, but the problem is your battalion commander has so much influence and control over your life that they have to create an illusion of caring. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure some actually, I'm sure there are good battalion commanders out there and I've had a couple too. So that's unfair to say. Yes, but but it's, it's unfortunately just the majority. It's not necessarily like all battalion commanders are like this, but enough are that it's a problem. I want to, I want to end it on a positive note before we go. Yeah. You ended on a positive note. I'll end it on a negative note. (laughs) I believe the best thing that anybody in the military could do right now is to make themselves marketable for when they get out and to care about the people around them. Go to work, do the best that you can to your ability within your sphere and care about the people around you and then focus on yourself, build up your skills, use the military as a stepping stone. It's a great stepping stone if you apply yourself while you're in. I know it's difficult and it's easier said than done because your time and your schedule is so fucked. But commit yourself, commit your time to bettering yourself and making yourself marketable and care about the people around you. Use it as a stepping stone if you're in and then get out and do great things and try and take care of your people that are still in and convince them to do the same. That was good dad advice. I think that kind of doubles up. Dad advice. Um, uh, my, mine uh, is, remember earlier in this podcast how we were talking about like the 90% fatality rate and you know the various war crimes that happened in afghanistan that we're probably going to find out about later just you know i was looking to the mile eye massacre between like 350 and 500 ish people were killed in vietnam south uh vietnamese civilians just like an entire village of people just fucking wiped off the map and uh only one person actually got charged for it and he spent three and a half years under house arrest and jesus christ don't, don't commit war crimes. Don't commit war crimes. Don't uh, if you commit war crimes, you're bad. Violence is bad, even violence against people that you hate. And I know all you people are like, eh, violence against a state is justified. No, it's not. Violence isn't justified. It... Okay, bye. <laughs> oh fuck. Um Nathan, dad advice. Dad advice? Oh fuck again. Um carry a gun literally everywhere. I don't give a fuck if the laws tell you not to. Just do it. 
fucking do it. I don't endorse that. Um, the, this is a satire. Don't don't uh, listen to me. I'm retarded. This is not legal advice. That's but, Canadian uh, advice. <laughs> if you're an American. Just it, do what any do what any. My advice: do what any do what any American would do in any situation, and care about people around you, and you'll be okay. Yes. Okay. Real dad advice. Let, let me think about it. Um, if you don't want to do something that is positive to your health, um, you should probably do it. Like if you don't want to go for a run today, maybe that means you should. If you don't want to eat something like, oh, you, you don't want to eat some vegetables today. You'd rather just order a pizza, eat some fucking vegetables, go for a hike, do the things you don't want to do. It builds character and it makes you stronger and better as a person. And it makes you not a fat, lazy, disgusting fuck. Yes, it makes you not a fat, lazy, Don't be fat. fuck. If Don't you're be... fat right now, stop being fat. Yes. Go out and actively make yourself not fat. Yes, but if you are fat and you're working on it, we love you. Yeah, if you're working on it, I love you. If you are sitting here right now and you're like, nah, fuck these guys, I'm going to continue being a fat fuck, go fuck yourself, lose some weight, you'll be much happier, and I will respect you as an individual. Yes. Okay, bye.